The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Hoop Ball DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Patria. It's Wednesday night, talking about the Thursday game, but that means I'm joined by my good buddy Harris Kermani to break down this six-game slate on October 28th. Raptors played tonight. Harris, we talked about it on our last show. It seems like you had Steve Nash on speed dial because I feel like the day after that that podcast, uh, Bruce Brown started in the lineup. So I got to ask you, how'd you do it? There you go. You know, it's just uh, a Canadian to Canadian connection. Sometimes logic just jumps through. It's also why we uh, at the Raptors decided to play Delano Benton and uh, bench Goran Dragic finally. So clearly I got a connection with Nick Nurse as well. All right, you need to you need to help do something with the Mavericks to get Lucas some help. Then, if there's anything, I don't know if there's anybody Canadian in our front office. I doubt it, but uh, you know, find a way. If you just got some some whispers where you can do get coaches to do what you want them to do, uh, work on our GM. Uh, have Nico out there trade. Uh, we don't even have anything to trade, man. We just got to hope that somebody wants to play with this kid. And who wouldn't? He's a stud. But we need to get this dude some help and fast, <laughs> real fast. But it is what it is. We got six games to talk about. Really looking forward to the slate. Before we jump into anything, quick shout out to our presenting sponsor, Manscaped. Head over to manscaped.com. Use the promo code HoopBall20. You get 20% off your entire purchase plus free shipping. So check out their full line of products. Get the perfect package kit. We get a little bit of everything. Find the ones I always recommend to get the kit because then you find what, you know, maybe you don't love every product, but you get to try them. You find out which ones you like. You know how to reorder. Use that promo code HoopBall20. You get 20% off, plus free shipping on the men's best grooming kit and products out on the market. That lawnmower has a quick charging, non-cutting blade, waterproof, all the goods you need for your trimming. So, we got six games, man. Six games, six fun games. I really like this slate. Today's slate was fun. I enjoyed it. But... The day before, I did not, and this is one that I'm really geared up and fired up for. This is like my my wheelhouse. Six to eight games mm. is exactly what I like. Ten is good. Ten can be great. Don't get me wrong, but a lot can go wrong on a ten-game slate. And then, the, you know, five and less, just being off a hair can cost you a, a good amount of money. But six, it's a little bit more comfortable. So we'll start off with Atlanta Hawks traveling to Washington, taking on the Wizards. This is a 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Now, we're not going to have all these lines or all these spreads the night before. So for the Hawks and Wizards game, we do not have uh, any of the injury report. Hawks played today, second half of a back-to-back for them. And odds are we do not have a game total. Uh, We do. I lied. Of course I did. 224, Atlanta being favored by two. So I'll start off here with Atlanta. I'll be very, very simple with this. It's a great matchup. I'm expecting a pretty high game total. Uh, Both these teams play at a pretty quick pace. Neither one of them plays very good defense. There's some very good options on both sides of the ball. Uh, I'm going to keep going right back to the well on this one, though. My favorite play on the Hawks will be John Collins. I just think he's significantly underpriced. Second game in a row where he's going to have a very plus matchup for him. So uh, sign me up for some John Collins at 6,300. Was getting a little bit worried about him early on in the night when he got into foul trouble. Drew two fouls very early. It's been an issue for him over the past three games. 
but he still managed to put up 38 DK points tonight. So uh, even with that early foul trouble and limiting his minutes in that first quarter and a little bit in the second as well, came out and he's just a great point per minute producer at 6,300. I think he is my favorite play on this team. We also saw Danilo Gallinari return to that game. Don't really expect that to affect Collins all that much outside of him. Uh, not looking at Capella, second half of back-to-back. He's been having his minutes limited, so probably be limited again, especially knowing, like I said, back-to-back. Trey Young coming in at 9,400. It's a good matchup, great pace. 94 feels a little bit too expensive, so I'll probably take a pass. And to be honest, I'll, I'll take a pass on a lot of these guys as most of them begin to get healthy now. I think it might just be some John Collins for me, but I'll pass it over to you. What are you looking at, Elena? Yeah, and much like the Gallinari return just kind of spreading out the minutes further out. There's just hard to get any sort of real trust in anyone outside of, as you said, John Collins at his current price tag. I mean, it's nice to see Trey get back on track. I mean, dropped 31, five and seven today. Never really gets you much as far as steals and whatnot's concerned, but you know, it's good for him to finally get at least something going. I do think 9,400 is a, it's an okay price tag for him. And if there wasn't, a couple of other studs that I'd be interested in. I may be you know, willing to go into the well there, but much like you, I'll probably be stuck on John Collins if I do go there. And it's more on the Washington side where there is more interest. Oh, yeah. I think we both know who we're going to be <laughs> going to. I think he's going to be the chalk of the night, and there's no doubt about it. So we'll just get over there. Let's just stop, uh, stop beating around the bush, talk about the elephant in the room. Pretty much everybody in the world will be playing our good buddy, Montrezl Harrell. Uh, there's no doubt about it. He's 5,300. Lock him in. He's going to be chalk and just eat it. So we talk about, you know, sometimes you fade the chalk to get the advantage. It is not in this situation. Uh, Daniel Gafford went down after bumping knees. He was on the ground, had to be helped off the court. He's pretty much, he's he's guaranteed to be out. Uh, He's not going to be on this injury report, but he's guaranteed to be out. There's no way he's playing. So if I I eat my words on that, I'm sorry. I apologize, but I just can't imagine a world that he plays. So Montrezl Harrell at 5,300, you just got to play him. You got to eat that chalk. There's no doubt about it. Outside of him, though, who are you looking at? Uh, well, first and foremost about uh, Daniel Gafford, they did already announce that they've got an MRI schedule for him. So I think that's pretty much guaranteeing that yeah. he is not going to be playing. Uh, beyond that, uh, I do have a little bit of interest in Kuzma just because of the situation of where they will need that rebounding effort. He's had a number of really good rebounding games, and it really just comes down to whether he can get a shot going on the night or not. Uh, he was 3 of 17 in the game prior, didn't shoot all that well in this game either, where he ended up with 12 and 8. But just in a high-paced game where they're going to be requiring you know, that stretching of the floor. I expect him to get a little bit more minutes and run than he did in this last game, sitting at about, what, 25-26. If you can get somewhere close to that 30, he'll have enough shots to get the opportunity to do pretty well on that current price tag. So that's one area where I am looking. Plus, uh, Beal at 92, again, in a, in a high-paced match, not all that much defense, to be honest, is a guy that I may potentially be pivoting over into from, you know, one of the other studs that a lot of people are probably going to jump into from the later on games. But yeah, that's probably the, uh, the major areas, but of course, you know, Harold's the chalk, just have the chalk and move on. Absolutely. And I, I agree with you. I think Bill makes a great pivot. If you're not playing, you know, one of Curry or Doncic. And honestly, I think a lot of people will try to get both these guys in there because we'll probably have the value to do so. But I agree with you. Probably not going to play too much Kuzma, just too similar uh, of a price tag to Collins. And I just, I've, I've been playing Collins the last game. So I'm going to keep riding that train until he starts to get a price bump and, or gets a tough matchup. And the, these two back to back matchups are fantastic and for him. On to the next game Detroit traveling to Philly, taking on the Sixers. 
For Detroit, Cade Cunningham, Isaiah Livers, Chris Smith all rolled out. Jeremy Grant questionable, missed that last game. Saw Kelly Olynyk draw the start for him. For the Sixers, Joel Embiid is questionable for the fourth, fifth game in a row. Jake <laughs> Milton's questionable. Aaron Henry, Grant Riller, Ben Simmons all ruled out. This could be a game where I wouldn't be surprised if Embiid sits. He came out with a quote saying that he wasn't able to walk for two days. But he's going to keep just muscling and muscling through it. But, I mean, someone in that in that you know training staff or that front office has to say, this is Detroit we're playing. Like, we probably don't need you. But nonetheless, until we know the news, we can't really, you know, say. But we'll start off with Detroit. Looking at this team, if Grant sits again, I don't mind going back to the well with Kelly Olenek and Isaiah Stewart. Both those guys, fair price, 5800 and 5700 So I think those are probably the only two guys I really would consider in this matchup. And if Grant does play, I probably don't play anybody. Just, uh, you know, sounds lame. I know. Uh, but we got six games on the, uh, on the slate. That's 12 teams. If I cross one of them off right out, if they rip, that makes my life a little bit easier. How about you? Yeah, the Grant news is 100% something that's holding me off. But Josh Jackson would be the other guy I'm looking pretty heavily into if Grant doesn't end up playing. Got 32 minutes in the last game, drew the start, dropped 31 and a half. And I mean, if they're just looking for pure offense, you know, Josh Jackson's not going to have any inhibitions about shooting the ball. So between him, Sadiq Bey, that's where the vast majority of the offense from outside is going to come outside of, you know, Kelly Olenek doing his little thing on the side. So for 4,700, if uh, Jeremy Grant's sitting, I could see Josh Jackson being in a number of my lineups. All right. On the other side of the ball, news on Joel Embiid is definitely going to affect us because if Embiid sits, we just lock Andre Drummond and go double center with that Montrezl Harrell, Andre Drummond lineup and just get probably a combined, you know, 80 to 90 points for both of them. Uh, start our lineups off nice and smooth. But if Embiid plays... I'm probably not going to play Embiid. He looked really, really rough in that last game. Uh, really rough. Really struggled from in all facets. I mean, most of his points, I feel like, just came from the foul line watching the game. So that knee injury is definitely bothering him. This isn't a matchup where he really – I think he really needs to push it. Um, if he does play, I think the goal would just you know, be smoke him in the first three quarters, try to rest him if they could. Tobias Harris, price tag, 8700 He's been playing great, going against one of his former teams. It's just – feels a little pricey. It was a little bit too expensive for me, so I'll probably end up taking a pass at that 8700 price tag. The other guys I want to look at would probably be like ancillary GPP-type plays now. You know, Tyrese Maxey at 58, I don't like that price tag for his recent performance, but it's a great matchup for him, especially if we see Embiid sits. He's got a lot more usage, a lot more offense would flow through him, and the same could be said about Seth Curry. And then Danny Green is just kind of like, hey, if it fits your lineup, it's the only guy you can play. Sure, why not? He's going to have one 25- or 30-point game every six or seven games. You just really got to cross your fingers and hope that you get him on that game. Yeah, that's pretty much it. The, the Seth Curry one is one of those situations where yeah, you can win you an entire matchup if he happens to go off. But, yeah, the maxi price tag is it's just one of those where even though he's playing point guard, he's pretty much just shooting 14 times and not getting much as far as uh, ancillary stats are concerned. So just hasn't been hitting his value all that much. So it's not that exciting until he gets back into the 4,000 range. Yeah, no, and I don't think he'll probably ever get back down there. If, even if we had 52, 53, and then it would be it, it would make the decision a little a little tougher for me. On to the next one, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. New York Knicks traveling to Chicago. Taking on the Bulls here. For the Bulls, Tyler Cook, Devin Dotson, uh, Kobe White all ruled out. Zach Levine is questionable. He tore the ligament in his left thumb, but the news came out today. He's going to keep playing through it. 
for the Knicks, Nerlens Noel is questionable. So upgraded a little bit right there, dealing with that sore left knee. And as we know, uh, Lucas Samanik isn't going to be playing for this team probably all season. I'll pass it over to you. Why don't you give us your Knicks breakdown? Yep. So as far as the Knicks are concerned, the one thing that was interesting and fun to me from the previous game is that Kemba Walker finally got himself back on track. Just thought it was one of those things where eventually he'd have to come through. Starting guard, they need his offense. And even though he's not necessarily playing 30-plus minutes, if you can get into that high 20s, uh, just in this kind of a game, I like having a Kemba Walker. He's done historically pretty well against Chicago and just one of those guys that uh, likes to show up in those kind of big moments. So that's probably the one main guy. Uh, everyone else is kind of priced at about pretty fair for where I'd have him. I mean, Julius Randle at 95 is probably okay, but not really a spot that I'm looking to uh, jump too far into. So really it's it's Kemba and maybe I'll have a little bit of RJ Barrett just as a pivot. But again, RJ has just been... Weird up until now, not really uh, getting a shot going, not really getting his offensive involvement in general. So even though 5,500 from a distance looks like a pretty decent price tag, I'll probably skip out on most of these guys except for Kemba. Yeah, the only other guy I have interested would be Derek Rose simply because he's going back to Chicago. Him and Tibbs going back there. Um, You know, they got history there. I think he may look to try to get him a few extra minutes. And we've seen Derek Rose closing out a lot of these fourth quarter games when they're close. So. Uh, if, if that's the case, Derrick Rose closing out fourth quarter, you know, I, I don't think anything could be written like a better story than him hitting like a game winner in this game in his hometown. Uh, but more or less like a speculative, a speculative play, if I could say that word. I am, I'm struggling over here, Harris, but um, I do have some interest in Rose at 53. Kemba, very similar price tag. I think a lot of people, if they're just kind of checking those box scores, they might just immediately go with him and just, you know, maybe just forget about the narrative. Yeah. But even at 5,300, there's only been one game where he kind of hasn't returned value in the past four games, which is that last one against Philly, played 22. Other three games have been fine with one almost 40-point game in there. So definitely just like a GPP play, not really a cash game, but that's the only other guy that I would consider that you did not mention. On the Chicago side of the ball, lots and lots to like here just because there's a lot of good players. So this is where Chicago it, it's going to be a tough team for DFS. All season long, in my opinion, because whose night is it going to be? It's usually two out of the three. I can tell you one thing, though. Zach Levine dealing with that thumb injury at 8,500. Probably won't be playing him. I know it's on his left thumb, so it's more on his guiding hand than his shooting hand. Nonetheless, it's just got to imagine if he takes some wax off of it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bother him throughout the day. Maybe hand checks a little bit less. You know, a lot of things that you have to take into account dealing with a guy with a torn ligament in his thumb. So I don't think I'll be playing Zach Levine at 8,500. It's still a fair price tag. If I'm going anywhere, it would probably be with Lonzo Ball at 75. Still feels a little, he's getting a little bit of a price bump though. It's getting expensive at this point, but he just continues to pour on these defensive stats, which give him that solid concrete floor. So I don't love it. He's not my favorite point guard on the slate. Do I end up with a lot or maybe even any shares? Probably not. I just think I like him more than some of these other guys. And then Vucevic had uh 8,600. I like this matchup for him. We know that they're going to try to play big and they're going to need a size, bottom line. And if Zach Levine is really bothered by that thumb, we'll probably see more of the usage flow through to Rose and Vucevic. Yeah, Vucevic is probably the uh, big guy that I'm looking at here. And even though I'm not playing Drozen tonight, at least on the other night, I felt good about uh, him having a pretty good one against Toronto, even though he ended up you, taking you did, you call, yeah, I know. <laughs> and listen, I threw him in a lineup. I remember when I was making that. I was like, he had a good point. Uh, I had to uh, I had to consider that. And that's what I mean. Maybe we get that Derrick Rose game uh, yeah. in the same matchup. Maybe it, <laughs> people, people sometimes try a little harder. 
And then we didn't talk, I didn't mention Alex Caruso, but at 4,300, you could do worse. Uh, again, I think the, <laughs> I keep talking like these four steal games are going to stop, but three out of the past four games, he's had at least four steals. I'm trying to tell, like, this isn't, you can't average, you can't do this. It's unsustainable, but he's doing it. The offense really isn't much to be talked about other than the flashy dunks that you'll see on ESPN every morning. But um, at 4,300, you definitely could do worse. He's not a terrible option. Just that's somebody that I'm overly excited about either. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Only three games left. So halfway point, we always take a break to mention another one of our presenting sponsors, DraftKings Sportsbook. The NBA is back and at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized betting partner of the NBA. The key to victory is a strong starting five. So new customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So why not make your your roster, you know, Dallas, 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 and maybe another Dallas. Uh, I'm not a homer or anything. I don't know why I'd be saying that. but uh, And if you do and they win, you win $200 in free bets. So DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get some more skin in the game with their same game parlay. So combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you win. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable, and best of all, you can deposit your money and withdraw it whenever you want, which is great compared to the local bookie down the street, who, as I mentioned on the last show, has to wait for Jimmy, Tommy, and Jerry to all get his money back from him, and then he'll pay you out. So... Check out DraftKings Sportsbook, guys. Use that promo code NBA today to get that free promo. NBA. For the free promo, bet $5. Your team wins. You win $200 in free bets. All right. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Utah Jazz traveling to Houston. We'll take it on the Rockets for the Rockets. Daniel House Jr., Garrison Matthews, both rolled out for the Jazz. Boyan Bogdanovich is questionable. Rudy Gay is ruled out. Eric Paschal is questionable. I'll pass it over to you. Oh, well, actually, maybe I should mention the spread in this one because it's it's kind of important. Mm. Nine-point spread as of right now, so it's one of the larger spreads of the night. 223.5 game total. So, lead us off here. Let's talk about Utah. Well, that spread in general that you've mentioned is probably why I'm going to find myself probably getting away from Pretty much any Utah guy. I don't have them. I don't have any of them on my player pool tonight. I feel like they're all pretty fairly priced for what they are. I mean, a spread of nine isn't necessarily blowout city, but it just kind of gives off those vibes where I probably don't want to take too much money onto any of the Utah guys. Uh, maybe Joe Ingles as that low price guy who can go ahead and drop 30 as he did last game. Perhaps he does that again to help clean out a lineup. But yeah, by and large on the Utah side, I don't expect I'm taking anyone tonight. What about you? Pretty much the same thing. They're going to be just GPP pivots, you know, for that same reason, where if you wanted to bet against it and say that this game's going to stay close, I think Rudy Gobert, if he played a full complement of minutes, will absolutely smash. There's no doubt about it in this matchup, actually. At 8,300, it's a fantastic price tag. He's pretty much been averaging about 45 to 46 DK points. So he's paying off that price tag pretty easily, and this is a great matchup for him to do so. So he'd probably be the one guy that I would keep in my player pool, but it would be like a strict pivot and you'd probably want to run it back with somebody on Houston just to make sure, like, if you're saying that this game's going to stay close, I mean, somebody's going to have to be doing it and helping out on the other side of the ball. So we'll slide over to Houston. And then I look at this team, and I'm like, well, who the hell would do that? Um, it's tough. Uh, I mean, I don't like a lot of these options as we stand right now. Christian Wood at 8,400, not in this matchup. 
Kevin Porter Jr. is just a tale of two different players, it feels like. You know, some games he's playing absolutely great. Other games he looks like he is lost with, you know, eight or nine turnovers and just struggles with a shot from the floor. He's like the Kyle Kuzma version of a point guard. So I just don't see myself playing him at that price tag. You know, you really need him to be clicking on all cylinders, which has happened in one out of like their four or five games so far. So I'm just not going to see myself playing him. Jalen Green, uh, lightning in a bottle type offensive player, doesn't really contribute in much other categories outside of the actual points. Had that one big 48-point game, but other than that, he's really struggled to even get close to paying off this price tag. So as I say it, maybe uh, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it's best just to kind of leave this you know, off the table. Uh, maybe you look at Sagun. You know, game gets out of hand. He's a fantastic point-per-minute guy, 4,100. If you need a dumpster dive and you wanted to play somebody who in 20, 23 minutes or so can get you 25 to 30 DK points, he could definitely be that guy for you. That's pretty much where I'd be going as well, either Sangoon or I even like uh, Jayshon Tate for his price of 4,800 just because of his capability to get you box stats across the board. I mean, he's done pretty well in two out of the out of the four games. Yes, he's had you know two off games as well, but really either the game got out of hand or he just happened to have uh, foul trouble as he did in the Dallas game as well. So uh, for 4,800, I, I like his across the board uh, capability and yeah, he's one of my guys, especially with that small forward, power forward uh, dual eligibility. I usually find that I can stick him into the power forward area as a guy who'll handle the ball, and that's always a plus to me. Absolutely. It's kind of like when you get a point guard at the shooting guard spot. Exactly. Uh, I don't know if you watched that Dallas game, but he was frustrated. Yeah. Uh, when they put Bobot on the floor, he just had no idea what to do. I, I, he pretty much asked to be checked out. He just He's like, I, I can't deal with this right now. Uh, take me out of the game. And uh, he, they did. They did pretty quickly. So not surprised. But on the uh, oh, on to the next game, 830 Eastern Standard. How does anybody deal with Boban for that matter? I mean, John Wick was probably the only guy that was able to do it. But 830 Eastern Standard Time game. San Antonio Spurs travel to Dallas. Short travel, not too far. I might. Uh, I was actually thinking about getting tickets to this game, but I got another commitment, work commitment, kind of like what you had tonight, Harris. That's why yeah. you couldn't see your Raptors. But should be uh, should be a pretty enticing game, pretty entertaining game. I'm thinking we have to keep an eye on the injury report because Kristaps Porzingis left tonight's game with lower back soreness. He's on the injury report, being listed as questionable, along with Sterling Brown, and then for the Spurs, Devonte Kakak, Kakak. I always say Kakak, like Sonny Kakak, Cone, Zach Collins, Doug McDermott, and Josh Primo all ruled out. Dougie Buckets is going to be the big one that we need to keep an eye on for the Spurs. And then Chris stops for Dallas. But on the Spurs, we got some more chalk, man. And I'm eating it. I'm going to keep eating the chalk tonight. It's it's going to be the theme of the night, and I'm fine with eating it. And it's Devin Vassell, mm-hmm. 4,200. Came out, looked absolutely fantastic with the minutes he was given. Does he draw the start? I think so, but we have to keep an eye on it. We don't really know for sure, but he played 35 minutes, took 16 shots, ended up putting up almost 40 DK points. So I'll eat the chalk. It's it's, it's a decent matchup for him. It's not fantastic, but it's a uh, chalk well worth eating when we got two studs on the slate that we're going to talk about. So outside of him, Jonte Murray's price tag, a little bit too expensive for me. I, you know, I think he could do well in this matchup. I just don't think this is the same type of matchup like we saw with the Lakers where they were playing quicker. An offense driven by Westbrook. Lucas slows things down a little bit. So I'll probably pass on that price tag at 8800 And then the other guy I would consider outside of Vassal will be Keldon Johnson at 5400 especially if there's no Porzingis. 
struggled from the field mightily in that last one, only shot two of ten. But he's looking good early. And then after the, I think he made his first two buckets, and then after that just went ice cold. But before that, took 18 shot attempts in the two previous games. In the past three games, before that last one against the Lakers, he's shooting at least 50% from the floor. So those are the two guys I really have interest in. Outside of those two guys, you could take a dart throw at a guy like Thad Young. Could see a few more minutes now if they if they need to go big at the four. And I think uh, Kade Bates-Diop ended up seeing almost 30 minutes off the bench, but he's not a high point-per-minute guy. So he's another dumpster dive option. Fair. I was going to say in general, we were uh, talking about trying to get in touch with some coaches. Maybe someone can give Pop a call for all my fantasy squads to play Devin Vassell 30 minutes a game every day. He should be playing. But at 4,200, absolutely just complete chalk over there. Uh, Lonnie Walker at 47 is probably not a bad call either, uh, given that he's also just been getting a decent amount of minutes. His outside shot is clearly improved five of seven last game as well. And just, he seems a lot more confident on that end. So the Spurs are liking the offensive punch that he's given. He's scored 17 plus points in three out of the four games. So that puts him in a pretty good spot to be able to get uh, that 4,700 paid off, especially given the fact that he's also diming about six, six a game at the moment as well. So that's another spot where it's there. Uh, I was going to say, I mean, since we're talking about uh, Spurs and Dallas, if they're going to be playing a lot more Pirtle, if they happen to be playing more Marjanovic as a case to kind of fight against that, perhaps I will want to jump in at 3,900 and take that little hope that he plays you know, 20 minutes and all of a sudden just drops 40 on you for no reason. What do you say? And Andy, if you give Boban 12 minutes, I have interest. <laughs> uh, it's that simple. Yeah, no, this dude, he just goes in there and will put up three blocks, 12 points, 10 rebounds before you can blink. Like that's like his his that's like the Boban stat line. And if you give me any reason to play Boban, then I will. I just love watching the dude play. He's one of my favorite human beings on the face of the earth, I think. You probably if you follow me on Twitter, you'll probably see me talk about the Bobby Toby slash uh like Luka Doncic uh relationship. Mostly, mostly the Toby Bobby. And then now it's like the the Bobby Luca and they just make Tobias Harris jealous as often as possible. It's it's pretty comical. And then, I don't, Harris, have you ever seen the Toby Bobby show? Yes, yes, of course. Oh, the of dance. course. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're awesome. I mean, who has it? I mean, you're just missing good TV if you have it. Uh, I mean, I probably watch that more than I watch like The Sopranos. So that's probably uh, that's probably somebody I would definitely consider. Um, I'm also curious to kind of see what they do if Kristaps sits. You know, they could go with Kleber at the four. They could just bump Finney Smith up. And then if that's the case, we would likely see somebody like uh, Jared uh, Jalen Brunson start alongside. So we really have to monitor this situation. I think in this matchup, they probably just shift him up and start Brunson just because, you know, the Spurs are on a team that play big at all anyway. They can get away with Finney Smith at the four, slide Hardaway over to the three. But a few different options. Brunson's not necessarily a cheap price tag. He's 5K, so coming off of a big game. 5K in this matchup, though, I would I would have some interest in him as well. And then Luka Doncic, if there's no Porzingis, he's the stud I want to play. I mean, it's you know, give this guy more usage. Why not? You know, with, you know, give him more opportunities to get a couple more rebounds. Of course. So Luka, fantastic play. Brunson, and then Bobby, like you said, if we get Bobby at center, sign me up for that. I'm all for it. Love it. Would you uh, Would you consider Kleber, even if he doesn't start? Yeah, 3,200, just because I just like stretch fours that uh, find themselves on the, the capability to be able to grab close to double-digit rebounds as well. So even if it's not you know, an, an amazing matchup or one where San Antonio does go small, if he can get to, you know, 
20, 25 minutes, you should be able to pay off that 3,200. So again, if there's enough studs that you've gone ahead and put through and you know, one of your other uh, cheap chalks aren't working out, Cleaver is a potential option, no doubt. Absolutely. Moving on to the final game. And this is always weird, but it goes from an 8.30 game then to a 10 o'clock game. So 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Memphis Grizzlies traveling to Golden State, taking on the Warriors for the Warriors. Jonathan Kaminga, Clay Thompson, James Wiseman, all ruled out. Grizzlies yet to submit their injury report. They're on the second half of a back-to-back. And I was going to say we don't have a game total or a line, but let me just double-check before I sound dumb. We do. 233. Golden State being favored by five. So this is the highest game total that we have at the moment. Looking at this Grizzlies team, I don't mind just to continue eating their value. Uh, De'Anthony Bell and Desmond Bain, both these guys, great price tags. I will consider them both. The only other guy i really been playing on this Grizzlies team all year is like Steven Adams, who I play pretty much on a nightly basis at this point at 5,600. He's slowly getting his price increased, but... He was, uh, you know, down at like 46 and then five. And today he was, I think, like 53 or 54. So I'll consider him at 56. The only thing is with Golden State is that they don't play that big. So that could be an issue with Steven Adams where if they go small and they just take him off the floor, put Jaron Jackson at the five or Brandon Clark at the five or somebody who's just a little bit more mobile, that could be an issue. But 5,600, he's still worth keeping in your player pool. Just not a smash play like I thought he's been for the past few days. So those are the three guys I'm looking at. Did I miss anybody? Anybody else you see? Uh, I mean, at this point, the John Moran show just continues to get better. And I mean, at this point, 65 in the last game. And you know that they're circling this matchup as well, given the fact that they had the play-in game last year. And it was obviously the John and Steph Curry show in that one. And for 9,600, I have a feeling just because from the game total and from a spread total, I was going to be likely stacking this game anyways. I could probably see myself with a, uh, a jaw Steph just combo and see what they can do to each other. Cause I have a feeling this is going to be a game that may even potentially be going much closer than that five. If not uh, into, I'm, I'm going to say it, this game might go into overtime. It's just one of those games where Memphis just likes sticking around and I don't see it being a game that Golden State can just kind of walk over. I'll keep taking these John Morant games off the chin. I can't pay 9600 for him. I just can't do it. Um, you know, and I, I've been taking him off the chin. Believe me. He's been playing great, no doubt about it. He's actually shooting three-pointers, which is something that we didn't get to see from him like pretty much at all last season. He's shooting them. He's making them. He's, he's just absorbing all the usage that he possibly can handle. Would it shock me if he has another one, good one? Uh, no, it wouldn't. And I would just be sitting here saying I'm taking it off the chin again the following game that he's playing. Because I just I just refuse to pay that price tag. I just don't want to do it, uh, especially when we got guys like Luca and Steph on the slate. You know, I really want to try to get both those guys in my lineup, and I can't do that if I play John Morant. But I get it. If you're stacking it, you probably have to have him. Makes a lot of sense. On the Golden State side of things, you just heard me talk about Steph Curry. Absolutely love him in this matchup. Sign me up. Or ten nine. You know, if you had to choose between him or Luca, though, who would you pick? I think you probably just said who you'd pick, but. Yeah, and I'm just, to be honest, I'm worried about Dallas actually not having a very good game against that Spurs team. Like, they've not looked great defensively, and I'm worried that the Spurs, who are looking much more in sync at the moment, could just actually end up blowing them out and Luka just not getting the kind of minutes that they do get. On the other hand, the Warriors game, I absolutely expect to not only be the highest octane game of the night, as the totals are saying, but also just the fact that Steph Curry is looking for revenge in this matchup. I just feel it. They hated losing in the play-in last year. It's not going to happen again. Absolutely. 
And looking at some of these ancillary options, the only other one I would probably consider would be Draymond at 74. Jordan Poole, 58, isn't a terrible option. Uh, he's finally starting to get the minutes up over the last two games, 29 to 32. Prior to that, the first two games of the year, he's only played 25. So the minutes are getting up there. He's always going to have the shot attempts. Really only paid off that salary a good amount in one game, which is against Sacramento. Shooting guards versus Sacramento. Please don't forget that. We always talk about that on the show. It's a thing. They just cook them every single season for some reason. But uh, 5800 it's it's a fair price tag. It kind of falls in that range where – with the way my builds are looking, I, I'm either going a little higher or a little lower. I'm just not really landing in that price range. And then I just don't love a lot of the value here. I mean, they're they're deeper. You know, Iguodala being back 30 3,400, he's going to probably continue to play 20 to 25 minutes in these games. So maybe consider him if you need to dumpster dive. But he just absorbed the minutes that Otto Porter can't play. Damian Lee is pretty much just a scoring-only option, 4,200. Unless if his shot's off, you're not coming close to hitting that value because he's not giving you much for rebounds or assists. Uh, could chip in a defensive stat here and there, but probably not. Hasn't really been doing it at all this season. So that's really all I'm looking at would be Draymond outside of that. But I don't know, maybe uh, maybe you talk to Steve Kerr and you, you could tell me something, Mr. Coach Whisper. <laughs> yeah, I was going to tell Steve just to... Make sure Andrew Wiggins stays active. He's been getting those three steals in the last one. He's been chipping in a lot more defensive efforts in general. But yeah, if that 5,800 Jordan Poole uh, thing may be, in, may be in mind, I'd probably just end up spending the extra 300 for going and go for Andrew Wiggins. Again, given the fact that I'm likely thinking about stacking this matchup in most of my lineups, I'll probably find myself with uh, maybe a little bit of Andrew Wiggins, just given the fact that he's getting, obviously he's getting the shot attempts, but more so than that, I like the fact that he's just getting more involved in the offense has paid you out on this current value about you know two out of the last four games. He's kind of alternating good and bad games, so that's obviously a, a bit of risk that's involved there. But at 6,100, he's a guy who has the capability to give you 40 on a decent night, so that's definitely some upside there. Just say the truth. It's because he's Canadian, and you have the Canadian connection. <laughs> he's, he's actually the one Canadian I absolutely despise in the NBA. All my <laughs> friends is like, I'm so glad the Raptors didn't tank for Wiggins, all that stuff that was going on, because Wiggins is, is terrible. But he's been playing a lot better since he went to the Warriors. Years, so let's see if he can actually keep that up. He and, really has. Yeah. Defensively, especially. I'm not going to say his offensive game really changed, but no. like for a guy that played zero defense his entire career, he went to the Warriors kind of, and he fit. That's the thing. When you go to the Warriors, you either fit or get lost. They already have, uh, you know, an idea of how they want to play. You're not changing that. You're not going to come in here and be the third splash brother or anything like that. Only Durant was able to do that. But that's Durant. Andrew Wiggins and Durant have a large gap in between them both. All right. That rounds us out. So uh, let's go to the player tier section. I'll let you start off here. Why don't you give us your favorite high price guy to spend up on? Yeah. So kind of mentioned it already. Steph Curry is definitely my number one option as far as uh, spending up on uh, the high price. Uh, Luka Doncic definitely is the other potential option, but really to me, Steph Curry, given the matchup, given the narrative, he's the guy to go for. Yeah, I'll take Luca then. Pretty easy right there. Uh, and then mid-tier, we're going to make it fun and just cross out Montrezl Harrell because I think we both love him. Who uh, uh, did I take? Yeah, I bet you were going to say that. Outside of Montrez, though, uh, who are you looking at? Well, if we're still counting uh, somewhere in the 5,000s being mid-range, then the Anthony Melton becomes the guy to be able to jump onto that. Uh, until, honestly, until he hits mid-6,000s, I'm going to be taking him every single night. He's just 
finally getting the minutes he should have been getting all the way through. And yeah, he's gonna he's likely gonna pay this out every time he does it. So even if he has a mediocre game into the high twenties, still well worth it for the price and the upside. I'll go back to the well with John Collins, sixty three hundred. Love him the matchup, love the pace of the game. And uh yeah, I don't see a problem or an issue with him returning probably close to forty again. I can see that very easily. And then your favorite value play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're probably going to say Devin Vassell as well. So I'll try and uh, move slightly away from that and say that Desmond Bain at 4,900 becomes the other uh, key value pick. Or if you want to be a little contrarian like myself, go with Josh Jackson for 4,700 with Detroit, where I feel he's going to get 30 plus minutes again, get the opportunity to be involved in the offense again and has the chance to pay it off big in what could be a matchup there. Even if they blow out, he'll probably play minutes just because he needs to. Yep, can't go wrong with either one of those guys. I think, yeah, Vassal's definitely the guy that's going to be in probably 80% of my lineup. So I'll, I'll fade a bit a couple, but an 80% of them, I'll probably have them. And then, you know, without the dumpster dive options, not really knowing what's going on with Dallas, uh, I would say the a combination of, of Kleber and Jalen Brunson, whoever really draws the start for that team over there, I think has a pretty solid option to return their value. That's probably it. And that rounds us out. That brings us home. So if you guys want, follow us on Twitter, at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Harris, let the people know. Absolutely. As always, you can follow me at H-A-K underscore devil on Twitter, where you'll get all my hottest of hot takes. They're hot. <laughs> the, spi- the spicy takes. But uh, give us a thumbs up, rate and review, five stars, wherever you're listening, guys. Really appreciate it. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. All over the place you can find the podcast. Gets released the night before, so it'll be ready to go on your way to work in the morning. That's uh, that's what I do. Is it is it vain to say I listen to our podcast when I'm driving to work? Is that, I is totally, that a weird thing to do? No, I do it every time just to see uh, where I find myself talking too fast. It's just a thing. So it's nice to hear and actually see if I am talking something of value. Oh, wow. Well, hey. I just listen to myself talk too fast, and I'm like, how can I go faster? Uh, I, you can't slow me down, man. I just I like to talk. People tell me that all the time. I think Santino uh, breaks my stones probably harder than anybody about how much I talk. It's just it's, – uh, it's bad, man. It's bad. That's why I found podcasting, I found a home in it when it came to that. But that's all we have for you guys. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Santino will be on with Dave Mankoff. They'll be crushing it. They'll be talking about that wonderful Friday card for you all. And then we will see you again. I'll be back on Friday night. So thank you guys for listening. Let's go out there and let's take down a contest. A fun slate. Looking forward to it. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.